Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Marissa Lauren Troy is one of our advocates on inflammatorybowelddisease.net. Marissa has lived with inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD, since she was 13. Take me back to when you were 13. What happened that made you realize something wasn't right? Um, it was uh, about a month before I was supposed to go to a swim meet. I was a competitive swimmer in Florida, and I'm from New York, so it would have required, obviously, a plane ride. Um, I started feeling just abnormal stomach, like stomach aches. Um, I was going to the bathroom a lot, just wasn't as hungry as I normally was. Just I knew something wasn't right, and my parents did too. So um, we thought that it was just some bacterial infection. My mom made an appointment with a local GI, um, thinking I would just you know, get on antibiotics you know, be fine within a week and um, go about my merry way um, to my uh, uh, swim meet with my team. Um, I ended up going to see that uh, GI. She did um, kind of rectal exam. They saw, she saw a little bit of blood, um, immediately sent me for a colonoscopy, and I was diagnosed um, right there pretty much. Um, I was very lucky in that I was diagnosed a lot quicker than other people, but um, that's pretty much uh, how it started. The diagnosis was ulcerative colitis? It was ulcerative colitis. She um, couldn't do a full scope because she said my intestines were too inflamed, but from what she could tell, it was ulcerative colitis. Wow. That that must have been devastating as 13. It was. I mean, I was diagnosed July 5th, so obviously I had to do prep July, excuse me, July 6th. I was diagnosed, so I had to do prep July 5th, and I vividly remember... I'm um, just sitting in the living room with my parents thinking, okay, this is the worst part. I'm almost done with, mm-hmm. you know, the worst part of the prep. And after the prep, you know, it'll just be easy, smooth sailing. They're not going to find anything. And, and it never even entered my mind, my parents' mind, that anything would show up. Um, so it was, it was a real shocker. I remember waking up. Uh, my parents were there looking white as a sheet. And this doctor who I had just met saying that I had ulcerative colitis, I obviously never heard of it before, and that I needed to give up swimming, I needed to start just eating plain rice and um, saltines, and I needed to start um, heavy doses of prednisone, and I would experience a lot of side effects from that, and it just seemed like, it seemed like a dream, like all of a sudden, I mean, I never sick aside from, you know, cold, I was a competitive swimmer, I was healthy, I ate well, I exercised, so I never really thought that um, there would be anything wrong, and then all of a sudden, it was just like everything changed. Oh. That sounds awful. And yeah. And you've also written that you have PTSD from having so many surgeries. How many surgeries have you had? I've had 15 open abdominal surgeries. I know a lot of people say they've had a ton of surgeries and some people count procedures and stuff. But for me, this is literally open surgeries. And I've had 15 of them um, over the years. And um, between that and just the way I was treated in the hospital, um, I just, I'm absolutely petrified of the hospital um, and anything really medical. Um, It obviously makes a difference if someone's kinder and treats me like a person as opposed to just, you know, a number or a statistic. But at the end of the day, it just, you know, like IVs beeping, things like like certain smells um, definitely really get to me. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. Wow. I've tried, I've tried to write more about it because I never really, when I first started writing about it, saw anything about post-traumatic stress disorder related to 
IBD or really any chronic illness, um, at least not talked about a lot that I saw. So I tried to, when I wrote about it and it got such a huge response, like, oh my God, that's probably what I have. Oh my God, I'm not crazy. Um, it made me feel less like a freak, <laughs> for lack of better wording. Um, about, and it made me feel good in a way to share what I was going through and let other people who are suffering with the same thing I would know that there's nothing wrong with them. It's just what they've experienced and what they've been through. Yeah, and that it's a, a normal experience or normal reaction to having had exactly. this. Yeah. A normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Yeah. 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 Wow. So how is your daily life affected by ulcerative colitis? Um. It's different depending on stages, but now I have a permanent ostomy. Um, I have a lot of issues with that in terms of eating, in terms of stomach distension. I've, um, there's still talk by GI think, thinks maybe I have Crohn's disease. I've had um, other issues like fistulas and abscesses that, and widespread infection that show that there might be something else underlying. So now my, I don't have the best quality of life now, to be honest. I'm still in the trying to figure out what's going on these, but, um, it's really, it's completely changed my life. My whole mentality about life is different. I'm, I always, I wanted to be like someone who could just be and live and not have to worry about every little thing. And I never imagined that something as simple as eating or not eating and having to micromanage that and figuring out, well, I only have this amount of pain medications and I have so much to do. How can I figure that out. And I have these amount of doctor's appointments, but the co-pays are a lot. So, I mean, I just, I never thought that my life, at least when I was young, (laughs) would be filled with so much um, work and micromanagement um, of my body and not being able to really just sort of be and trust that my body will act the way it quote should. Mm. So you you mentioned Crohn's disease. So just for educational purposes, the inflammatory bowel disease can it encompasses both ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. And right. a lot of people believe that with ulcerative colitis, since it just affects the, the colon or the large intestine, if you remove that, then your problems are gone. But right. it sounds like that has not been the case for you. No, and that's a very um, common misconception. I mean, for me, I was told that, and I seem, I was actually just at an event for ulcerative colitis, and I seem to be the only one who was told before my surgery that it would be a total cure. I would go in, have my um, colon removed. They would make something called a J pouch, which would act like my colon. It would, you know, suck the recovery, but after the recovery, um, I would just go back to my life as though I never had ulcerative colitis. Um, so that's what I was told. That's what I was hoping for. I, I wondered why there were even medications for this disease, if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and a day later, I started um, developing a lot of complications, a lot of issues. And I have learned ulcerative colitis is an autoimmune disease. So you can take away the colon, but you can't remove the immune system. So it will just like, you know, with Crohn's disease, it can um, attack other parts of your body called extraintestinal manifestations like joint pain. Um, I have pyodermic gangrenosum, which is a autoimmune skin disease where there's ulcers on your skin. And that's very much related to, um, inflammatory bowel disease. So, um, it is a common misconception that, you know, once you remove the colon, you know, ulcerative colitis is gone, but it really does impact the entire body or has the ability to impact the entire body. Obviously everybody is different. Wow. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, 
about when you were first diagnosed, they, they told you just to eat rice and saltine crackers. And that's the other thing I think is a huge misconception with inflammatory bowel disease. People think, oh, if you just ate a normal, healthy diet, everything would be fine. But yeah, how is your diet impacted? How, how do you have to eat because of your condition? Well, things have, I mean, depending on when I had my colon or when I had a G pouch or when I had my temporary ileostomy, it's been different. But one of the things um, that stuck out when you said that is I remember my, once we were at my parents and I realized that ulcerative colitis was serious and not just something that I should, you know, uh, see a a random local GI for. Um, I remember being in a car with my parents on the way to see somebody really reputable in New York City. And my dad saying, I don't want you to think that this doctor is going to tell you that what you eat doesn't matter and you can eat whatever you want as long as you feel okay and you can swim and all that. And to my surprise, that's exactly what she said. Hmm. Um, she told me it was a disease that had nothing to do with food, um, had nothing to do with stress. It was completely different from IBS. At that point, I didn't even know what IBS was. Um, and so it was comforting to know at that point and obviously through my research that food really doesn't play a role. I mean, at least in my experience, I know certain people, you know, respond well to not having sugar, not having dairy or gluten or whatever. And for symptom management, that's, you know, fine. But at the end of the day, food isn't the trigger, in my opinion. Um, So for me, because I've had a lot of surgeries, um, I've had, I'm very prone to blockages. Um, I don't eat any fruits and vegetables. And I was a vegetarian since I was nine. So fruits and veggies and salads and everything were my go-to. And I loved eating healthy foods. So I'm not able to eat that. Um, carbs, candy, um, things like, and certain dairy products are kind of, and soups are what I usually lean on. Um, I tried smoothies just for the added health benefit and those are generally okay, but, um, I do feel like my diet has been (laughs) very unhealthy compared to how it probably would have been if I didn't, um, have to deal with everything I have. You mentioned IBS, that's irritable bowel syndrome. Do you, what are the differences between irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease? Because I think a lot of people get those confused. Yeah, I think they do. I, the acronyms are so similar. It's, uh, it's kind of obvious why people get confused. Yeah. Um, inflammatory bowel disease is a functional bowel disorder, or excuse me, is not a functional bowel disorder. So it means the intestines are damaged in the process. Um, often surgery is needed, medications, stronger medications than maybe someone with IBS um, to manage it. With IBS, it's called a functional bowel disorder, even though I know a lot of people will say that it's not functional at all, they can't function. But I guess in clinical terms, um, because it doesn't do damage to the intestines, um, that's what it's called. So they do, um, they have they have overlapping symptoms, but they are very different diseases. In one of your articles, you, you wrote about how critical it is to have a support system and how they can advocate for you when you don't have the strength. What would you say to someone who has a loved one with IBD? How can they best help? I think if you have a loved one with IBD, just being there is a huge, huge help. Just knowing that you're not alone is is a difference. It's night and day. It's the difference between being petrified and believing that things might be okay. Um, I think really listening and trying to understand, not jumping to conclusions, is important. Um, For me, I know that feeling validated, feeling like somebody understands, they believe me, and they're willing to do whatever they could to help me, Um, no matter what that is, no matter if they couldn't see what was wrong, they at least believed me at my word. 
And that, um, I believe, is a huge help for not only me, but for pretty much every other person who is suffering from a chronic condition, especially one that is invisible. Having somebody believe you is really huge and standing up for you. Um, you know, like you said, when, you know, there's so many times when you're not strong enough or you're not, uh, you know, mentally just able to kind of figure out what you need for yourself. Um, and I think becoming educated as best you can without overwhelming yourself it, as a caregiver is important. I know there's so much information out there on um, online that might not be very good. And I know it's hard to navigate that, but just being as um, knowledgeable as you can so that um, when you are speaking to loved ones, doctors or nurses, you have intelligent questions to ask and you can really um, try to figure out the best course of action given that uh, inflammatory bowel disease doesn't have a set of rules, you know, set protocols and what you do. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that belief is, is so important, like you said. And for me with, with the chronic conditions that I deal with, it's also, it was trusting myself because when it is invisible and either doctors or family don't believe you at first, it's, you have to kind of build that trust in your own instincts as well. Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for a few years, I was really suffering. I knew there was something wrong. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it. And I was just being told that it was in my head or I needed to get a job or, you know, I needed deep therapy or something. And I started to really believe that maybe there's nothing wrong. Maybe this is just how I am. Maybe I'm making too big a deal about it. Maybe it's mental health that is, you know, impacting me physically. And I'm just, I just need to get over it. And it really does, um, it really is hard to trust yourself. Um, it really is hard to follow your gut. It is hard to keep going to doctors and having tests done that don't show anything. And that, you know, like you said, and doctors then start to think that maybe there's nothing wrong with you or you're making it up or it is very, very difficult. And I do think a lot of people, like you said, who suffer from a chronic illness that is invisible, that is complicated. I do think that a lot of people, if not most people feel, um, feel that way, feel like it's, it's very hard to trust yourself. But at the end of the day, I think deep down, we all know that our guts are telling us something. And if we truly believe that there's something wrong, there is. But getting the help we need, getting others to drive us, getting others to support us, getting other people or paying, you know, for appointments and, you know, things is difficult if someone doesn't believe you. And if you don't have it in you to truly fight because you know that there is truly something wrong with you. Yeah. And, and that's when second opinions become so important and, or third opinions or fourth opinions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, nobody wants to get a second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever opinion. It's just, you know, it's time, energy, you know, emotional, physical, money, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really discouraging. But um, if, you know, if you really feel like something's not right, then the odds are there's something not right. Um, and even though it is, it is hard to internalize that yourself, especially when you have so many people around you kind of telling you that you're just sort of not full of it, but that they're, you're probably just making a big deal of nothing. It is hard to really kind of stick to your guns on that. Yeah, I, I agree. It can be disheartening at times, but I do know that if, if you find, you know, like if you find the healthcare professional who you feel like you can really have a relationship with and then, and they believe you, even if the tests aren't showing whatever, anything yet, yeah. that makes such a huge difference in, yeah. in your health. 
Uh, absolutely. And then you don't feel like you have to look a certain way or act a certain way when you're around someone. Just having a doctor or anyone in the medical field believe you and feel like they're you know, going to work with you to find the answer and to give you the quality of life that you deserve, it's really it's empowering because it makes you feel like you're not doing it on your own. You have somebody with more expertise than you who's behind you and who's going to hopefully help you figure it out. Yeah. So what has your experience with IBD taught you about yourself? Um, it's taught me that I am a very strong person, even though I don't want to be as strong as I am. Um, it has taught me to really listen to my gut. Um, there's been so many times throughout the 18 years since I was diagnosed that um, nobody believed me, including doctors and including multiple doctors and my loved ones and everything. Um and, and there's always been something wrong whenever I say there is, and something really, really wrong. So I guess it's taught me that I, I really do have good instincts, and I sh- have been burned through having um, an invisible illness at such a young age. But um, I, do, I do have good instincts, and it has taught me to trust them more and to not second-guess them as much as I, as I would uh, normally. Yeah. Has has that trust in your instincts helped you in other areas of your life as well? Yeah. Um, when there's other things not health-related that come up that I have a bad feeling about or that I'm not sure about, um, it, it reminds me also that, you know, my instincts are right and, and that I should follow through with how I'm feeling and that I'm not quote, crazy for feeling a certain way um, in other areas of my life. So gaining that confidence, and I'm still working on that for sure, but gaining that confidence in yourself and knowing that, you know, how you feel and certain vibes and things that you're picking up, not just with your health, but in life and, you know, relationships and friendships and stuff, um, they are right and you should listen to them. And, and, um, it has definitely shown me or tried to show me how to, in, how to do that, um, in other areas of my life. I think the thing you said there that really bears repeating how important it is to trust your gut and to trust those, your instincts, because so often we don't do that and we discount it and we listen to other people who don't believe us. And then that's just, it's so huge to trust your instincts. It is huge. And especially because a lot of us feel like we can't trust our bodies. Yeah. Um, Not to lose, you know, control of our bodies. And then now we feel like, our gut or our emotions aren't really telling, stirring us in the right direction. It just kind of creates a chaotic, overwhelming um, hopelessness when you start kind of going down that road. So, you know, as hard as it is, trust, and I know with invisible illnesses and everything, it's just, it is really important. And I know, you know, for me, if I haven't trusted my instincts, I would be dead. It's, it, it, I think that's just a huge life lesson to trust your gut when no one else is believing you. And it's like, no, I there's definitely something wrong or there's definitely something here. I have to trust it. Even if nothing else looks like it on the surface. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it is harder when obviously you you know, can't get to appointments on your own or there's, you know, money involved or you're feeling too ill to kind of get the help you need. But it's important to keep trying because, you know, when you sort of, and you keep trying, there's at least a little bit of hope. I know it can be really frustrating, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully it will work out and hopefully whatever is going on will be figured out. Yeah. 
So tell me about your experience with inflammatorybowelddisease.net. Um, I absolutely love the community. I started um, in June of 2015, and um, I write and I've moderated, and I just think the support is wonderful. I um, I did the part of the medical review, and I was just amazed at how um, intelligent everyone was and how right on um, they were. There was no misconceptions. There was no you know, this could be cured or this, or IBD is caused by stress or food or things like that are most, that are most commonly misconceptions among the public. And I just feel like inflammatorybowelldisease.net has really, really good um, information and a really, really great community. And there's a lot of support offered. There's, um, you know, the associated Facebook page, obviously, and there's the community questions. And um, we do have a lot of moderators. And I think it's a really great community and nice place to know that you're not alone in a disease that a lot of people feel very alone, understandably. Yeah. So as a moderator, you provide support to other people in the community. Have you gotten support for yourself from the community as well? I have. Um, connecting with other people who have inflammatory bowel disease has been amazing. I mean, it's so nice to just talk to someone who just gets it without a lot of words and who can just sort of finish your sentences and who you don't have to explain a lot of things to. And also reading, you know, a lot of the comments or, um, you know, questions that people have. It, you know, not that I am ever glad that anybody is going through something horrible, but it is it is comforting to know that I'm not the only one who has certain thoughts and feelings. And I do get that from, you know, reading through comments and responding to people. And I'm always sure to say, you know, I totally understand. I feel the exact same way because, you know, that's the validation that I think so many of us need and want. I think it is just important to hone in on um, that that everyone's suffering is valid. And even if they may not be suffering from technically a complication of inflammatory bowel disease or a symptom of that, if there's if somebody suffering, they are suffering, whether it be mental or anything, and, and nobody should ever make you feel bad about it, and um, nobody should ever invalidate your feelings. Mm. So I think that's just my message that I would want to hear from someone else um, because that's happened to me a lot over the last 18 years, and it definitely um, made a huge impact on me. Yeah. I it Unfortunately, I think it's sometimes with those bad situations, that's where we realize how much stronger we are. Like, like you said, you wish you didn't have to have that, but you've become such an incredibly strong person now. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, obviously nobody wants to be, wants to go through anything, wants to become strong through these memes, but, um, you know, I have accepted that this is my life and this is my lot in life. And, um, you know, if nothing else, I need to use my um, ex- my negative experiences into helping other people and remind everyone who's going through any kind of battle with any chronic illness that they are incredibly strong. It takes a really, really, really strong and resilient person to fight the daily struggles that a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Well, we are so very blessed to have you as part of our community. You're a huge part of it. So thank you very much for that. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I absolutely love Health Union. I think everyone is just amazing, amazing people. So I'm very honored to um, to be to work with you and be part of the community. To 
to read Marissa's articles and join the conversation, visit inflammatorybowelldisease.net. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. Please subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.